Who are you? I'm the player to be named later. And you should recognize me. Well, hello everybody and welcome to another edition of the Players to be Named Later podcast. I'm Ed, that's Dan. Say hi, Dan. What's up, Ed? And Dan, we have about two minutes left of the NFL's regular season as we are recording this on Sunday night as the Bills try to finish off the Miami Dolphins and claim the AFC East Championship. But we're going to talk about every other game until that one's over. Danny boy, are you ready? Are you ready, Ed? See, I was going to go with the whole like DX mention there and you completely destroyed it. You should be ashamed of yourself. Let's move to one of the only games I care about this week. I I kid. There are many games I care about this week, but the most important one is a game that did not matter, and that was the Cincinnati Bengals beating the Cleveland Browns 31-14 in Cincinnati. Cincinnati improves to 9-8. The Browns fall to 11-6. Jeff Driscoll became the fifth starting quarterback for the Browns this season, setting an NFL record for teams that have made the playoffs. We saw A.J. McCarron get time. <laughs> Under center, the St. Louis Battlehawk legend, A.J. McCarron. Joe Mixon had a good game. Dan, did you watch this one? What did you see? What did you like? I did not watch this one. I was watching the Tennessee game for uh, reasons we'll discuss when we get to that game. I do believe, though, Ed, uh, we are going to be talking about some incentives that were met, and I think somebody met one in this game. Is that correct? Uh, Joe Mixon, yes. He got himself about $350,000 for it was either the touchdown or the yardage total. Cause I do believe he broke a thousand on the season. Um, yeah, this game was not, I, I shouldn't say it wasn't a good game. This game invoked a lot of memories for me, Dan. It, it reminded me of the Browns circa 2017. You know how good the Browns were in 2017, Dan? Oh, I remember. Yeah, it was a bad time. But anyway, the Browns lost. 31-14. to 14. This game did not matter. The Browns were locked into the five seed, and Cincinnati is out of the playoffs. Danny Boy. Oh, Something oh, it was interesting. Excuse me. It was 100K for Joe Mixon's second touchdown of the game. Please continue. Gotcha. Uh, so, did that not get winded back? I thought the Buffalo time was about to get winded back because uh, Josh Allen stuck his hand down out of bounds, but... This is a huge play because as it is now, we're at the two-minute warning. It's fourth and one from the Miami 36. They got to be trying to draw them off sides. They're going to kick the field goal. Buffalo has gone for it on fourth once this drive with Josh Allen and made it. Yep, to kick in the field goal. Uh, Boy, that's still a long. I, I don't know if I like that call, honestly. That's a long field goal. Anyway, let's go to another game. Let's talk about a game that did matter, and it was a huge game. It was a game that decided a playoff spot. Congratulations, Green Bay. You have now won 10 games in a row over the Chicago Bears. The Bears fall to 7-10. and 10. The Packers improved to 9-8 and eight and are now in the playoffs. Dan, I know you watched this one. What'd you like? Um, Jordan Love looks good. Uh, I think Green Bay... Could could put Dallas on upset notice here. I'm going to be honest. Um, I expect that to be a good game here in the first round. Uh, also, Aaron Jones looked right. Um, they need to get Justin Fields some protection, though. Five sacks, 31 yards. They need to do something with that offensive line. 
I do believe that Justin Fields will be the quarterback of the future next season. Uh, and Jaden Reed had himself a day as well. Four balls, 112 yards. Um, Wicks with two touchdown passes. Um, this Green Bay team looks good going into the postseason. Uh, oh, they so went for it. They went Buffalo for it. Buffalo went for it on fourth down. And it's going to depend on the spot of the football. Wow, is this big? Because this could turn the football over to Miami with 149 left, no timeouts. This either ends the game or Miami has a very realistic shot at going down and – oh, man, that is – And I'm going to be honest. I don't think he got it. Al Pacino, the great Al Pacino, once said that life is a game of inches and so is football. And this, ladies and gentlemen, could come down – to an index card. Anyway, let's talk back about this Green Bay game. Green Bay is now the youngest team in NFL history to make the playoffs. And, uh, uh, hold on, I can't even think straight. Oh, chain links. Chain links. Miami controls the football. Uh, I just completely lost my train of thought. Uh, yeah, well, we'll yeah, it's got to get reviewed, obviously. Well, but still, as of right now, Miami has the football. Uh, you got anything else to add on this on this uh, Green Bay Chicago game? Um, I do not. Are you sure? Are Did you sure? You don't want to mention that the fact that Chicago losing now puts them in the ninth overall draft pick. Oh well, yeah. So they have two top ten picks. That is correct. A win would have put them at at least eleventh, maybe twelfth. And uh, would have dropped him out of the top ten. So, congratulations, it Chicago. It did not get reviewed. They play. Wow, in. that is insane. Oh, oh, he got out of bounds. Wow. Oh, you this is going to be a barn. This is going to be a barn burner. Let's move along. Let's talk about a different game, shall we? Let's go to um, let's stay in the a- NFC North with a. Detroit Lions improving to 12 and 5, Minnesota falling to 7 and 10 with a 30 to 20 victory in Detroit. I believe this had seeding implications, does it not? Does this put the Lions at the second seed? Uh, no, the Lions are the three seed. Lions are the three because the Cowboys won in. Because of the Cowboys game last week with the controversial call, call at the end. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, Nick Mullins. 30 for 44, 396, two TDs, two interceptions. That sounds like a Kirk Cousins kind of uh, stat line, does it not? It does. Um, I think Nick Mullins got himself a backup job somewhere next year. Um, The big story coming out of this one, though, uh, because this was kind of a – for lack of a better term, this was kind of a pointless game in a sense. Um, And this pointless game ended up hurting them because Sam Laporta went down with a knee injury. And yes. we're not sure of the severity of that injury. It does sound like he's going to miss some time. Uh, how much, we are unsure of. Um, you know, everybody praises Dan Campbell with the way he plays because he does just kind of go all out and goes full force. Um, but at the same time, this is one where maybe it's like, why was he playing? And also, why Amon Ross St. Brown's touchdown came in the fourth quarter? After Sam Laporta got hurt, I don't understand why Jared Goff played this whole game. I understand they were sort of playing for seeding still if uh, Dallas and Philly would have lost. But uh, I don't think that two to three seed, you know, I, I mean, one of those 
one of those games was an upset, but I don't necessarily know if that was worth the the loss that they just saw. Oh, it absolutely was not worth. It wasn't worth it at all because it doesn't matter if you're going, if you're going to host, who would they be hosting? Philadelphia or, or not Philadelphia, but Green Bay or whoever is the six seed. And I can't tell you off the top of my head, but still like there's, there's absolutely no reason Detroit should have started anyone in this game. This was a big mistake by Dan Campbell. Um, speaking right. of big, speaking of big mistakes, let's, um, let, let me go to the next game here. I just want to get this one out of the way, if you nope, don't mind. No, 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 no. Yeah. We can't, we can't till you catch up. Well, oh, oh, did he drop it? Nope. Oh, wow. Game. So for those of you that obviously you guys aren't following along with us, but Tua just threw a pass to somebody. I'm not sure who he was throwing to because it, nobody was really there. Oh, wow, he way overthrew uh, his intended receiver, but wrapped for Buffalo, wound up coming up with a diving interception with 113 left. We can call this one a game. Buffalo will be your AFC East champion. That's going to bring a question to you later on in the show, Dan. What game did you want to discuss? Uh, let's go to let's let's knock a Saturday game out of the way and let's go to Steelers Ravens. All right, let's talk about the Steelers Ravens. This was another big game that is going to be marked with a big injury, but this time the team won. So, Dan, explain to me JJ Watt's injury here. Like TJ Watt. Same thing. Uh, it is a grade two MCL sprain. He is expected – he will not be playing in the wild card round based off what his brother reported today on CBS. Um, it is expected that he may not play the next round if they continue. A grade three basically would have – grade three would have basically put him out till uh, till next year, but depending on what drugs they give him, you never know. Maybe, now, maybe we see him in the divisional round. Now, just so you know, the ACL is the one that basically allows your knee to do whatever it does. The PCL keeps your knee straight up and down and in place. Your MCL is what gives you stability. So you can play with a torn MCL. You can't with a torn ACL. And a torn PCL, it's not good either. So this is a big injury to arguably the defensive player of the year. Um, It is arguable, but right now your boy is, uh, is the odds-on favorite. As right he should be. Uh, Mason Rudolph, 18 for 20, 152 yards and a touchdown. He was also sacked three times. Now, that's a very Pittsburgh Steeler-ish quarterback line outside of the last five years of Ben Roethlisberger. Rudolph deserves to stay in Pittsburgh as a backup at least. Um, I think depending on how far they go, and this is me being honest, um, man, I'll tell you what, we're going to talk about, actually, I'm going to bring this up now because the seating is official for the AFC. Peacock definitely got their money's worth when we bring that up. Yeah. Um, but, um, I think depending on how far Mason Rudolph takes him, I think if Mason Rudolph wins a playoff game, um, he deserves a fight for that starting, starting job next year, to be completely honest. But how hard, how hard would he have to fight it? Like, 
is Kenny Pickett really better? Because at this point, the answer is no. Is he less racist? Yes. Is he Maybe. better? True. True. Uh, Najee Harris, 26 for 112 and a score. He's back on track, it looks like. And, Man, I, uh, I, that's one thing I loved about that game is I, for some reason, I've always just been a huge Najee fan. Back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. I think it's just because everybody doubts him, and I think he just got a bad rap, especially early on in the season when he was getting all the – when he was just getting bad raps behind it, like getting hit behind the line and stuff like that. So uh, Deontay Johnson had a game. Uh, what's his name? Uh, George Pickens was not to be heard from. Not what's even a his target. name? George Pickens. No, that's not true. He didn't even have a target. I just swore he caught a football. No, I'm looking at the box score right now. His only touch was an end around. That's right, yeah. And he only got three yards of it. Um, How about Jadavian Cloudy? Got himself a sack and $750,000 from it. Yes, and also one thing I would like to mention, uh, not a moneymaker um, for him, but Calvin Noy, I believe he finished with the season with nine and a half sacks. He was signed, I believe, week four, and that is his career high in sacks. Um, hey, their defense so is good. That's uh, that's quite interesting. I, I kind of feel nine for Kyler he with nine sacks. Nine sacks. Um, Tyler Huntley, I kind of feel for. I feel like he might have been playing for a job in the NFL next season, and I feel like the play calling was kind of blah. There's no reason to show anything. I mean, his number one receiver was Nelson Aguilar, who also hit an incentive. I can't remember for how much, but those uh, five receptions were – oh, no, I'm sorry. He did not hit an incentive. He had a yardage incentive, and he needed 54 yards and finished with 39. I'm sure the Ravens oh. will pay that out um, because that's the type of organization that we are. Uh, but I don't um, – I feel like it might have been a bad game for Huntley. I feel like the play calling was very manila, uh, especially in a bad, in a bad weather I- game. It kind of had to be, though. I mean, it. Oh, I agree. You know, agree. He, he, he called the game he had to call to keep everybody not injured. You know, oh, I, I agree 100%. When I, when I, I was saw, going, I was going when, nuts seeing likely play in the second half, to be completely honest. Or, or Gus play, or, <laughs> or so many of those Ravens guys play, especially on defense. Like, the Ravens should have done what the Browns did and have their practice squad play. Uh, let's stay on Saturday. Let's talk about another game that had playoff implications. Oh, the man, Houston Texans, 10-7, and seven, win the South over the now 9-8 and eight Indianapolis Colts. C.J. Stroud, 20-26, 20 264, and two touchdowns, sacked twice. Garner Minshew, 13-24, 141, one sack. It did not look great. Minshew mania, is it over in the NFL? No, he'll be a backup somewhere next year. Did Jonathan Taylor do the right thing and hold out? Because it certainly seems like he is hitting his stride in the right time of year. 30 carries, 188 yards, a 6.3 average, and a touchdown. Zach Moss is kind of an afterthought. Hey, Ed, I got a question for you. Shoot, buddy. You have Jonathan Taylor, who is, in my opinion, an above-average pass catcher when you actually watch him play and you look at his stats. Okay? Sure. Sure. Um, he has <clears throat> 30 carries for 188 yards. 
you are running the ball down the throat of the Houston defense. You are in a fourth and two situation. He is clearly your best playmaker on the field this day. Do you take him off the field to put in some guy named Tyler Goodson? No disrespect to Tyler Goodson. But if you're taking Jonathan Taylor off the team, what does that tell the defense? You are passing the ball. Because the other guy that received carries wasn't in the game. Dan, are you an NFL coach? I could coach better than half the guys out there. But are you an NFL coach? No. Can you look at me right here, right now, and say you are better than the guy who will finish second in coach of the year voting in D'Amico Ryans? What does D'Amico Ryans have to do with the Indianapolis Colts? Okay, who, who? Fine, I was thinking of Houston. Whatever, whatever. Fine. Can you sit here and tell me you're a better coach than the guy who's coaching in? In Shane, you talking about Shane Steichen? Another another That's person. That's the guy uh, I was trying to think of. Yes. Another coach that uh that should be up for coach of the year. Um, a distant third for him. No, I I don't think uh, I don't think. You know, I don't think he's a bad coach at all. I just think that that was a bad play call. But do you think you're a better coach than he is? Oh, I mean, I don't know. We we could see. We could see what I could draw up. I could probably draw up a couple different types of Statue of Liberty type plays. You got anything else on this one before I put an end to this farcical fantasy of yours? Uh, C.J. Stroud, Rookie of the Year. C.J. Stroud. Absolutely. My my quarterback, C.J. Stroud. Um, C.J. Stroud, the guy who on October 3rd, I told Ed, this kid's going to win this division. I backed it up. I put in a division parlay. You backed it up. Like you did anything to help the Houston Texans win a football game at all this year. I backed up my statement, if you would listen to me speak. I backed up my statement by putting my money where my mouth was, by basically taking two teams that I thought were sure locks to win the divisions – the Ravens and the Niners, and parlaying them with Houston to get myself a nice little plus eleven hundred parlay. So, you um, know what? I I, I should so. apologize for interrupting you. I'm sorry, but I get a little scared when something as large as you starts talking about backing up. I have to find like a safe way out of the area, and I didn't want the gravitational pull of the Earth to be altered at all by a mass the size of your ass shifting the tectonic plates that our continent sits on. All right, let's let's move on to the next game, Violet, from Willy Wonka. The Titans took care of business against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Dan, before we even talk about this game, is there anything sadder than the fall from grace of the Jacksonville Jaguars? I mean, Daniel Jones, I mean, Trevor Lawrence is exactly who we thought he was. Ooh, that's an insult to Daniel Jones, I think. <coughs> I mean, I mean uh, Drew Locke is who exactly who we thought he was. Johnny Manziel is exactly – Trevor Lawrence is Johnny Manziel with a cleaner bill of health, less addictions, and a better PR team. Um, I, I, I would also say probably a little bit more football knowledge than Johnny Manziel. He probably – Studies the playbook a little bit. Or at all. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, 29 for 43, 280 yards, two TDs, two interceptions. They were costly interceptions. Ryan Tannehill, six, I'm sorry, 17 for 26, 168 yards. He finally throws two touchdowns. 
he does throw an interception. He was sacked twice. Derrick Henry, 19 carries, 153 yards, and a touchdown. Um, the Titans, if they would have played this way the entire year, would have be a lot better than six and eleven. Um, yeah, they lost a lot of close games as well, if my memory serves me correct. Um, Saints by one, Colts by less than a touchdown. Ravens by eight. Like, they lost a lot of close games. Steelers by four. Like, there were a lot of games that were winnable for them. Colts by three again. Like, Texans by three. Like, this this season was basically kind of they didn't get the the flips they needed in a sense, I guess you could say. <clears throat> um, but, you know, uh, one thing I feel like we do need to mention is uh, Derrick Henry, 19, 153, one touchdown. Um if he's I not literally in, just mentioned that, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm going to mention it again. Um, because if, if he's not in uh, Tennessee next year, I hope wherever he goes, that team has a great run. Because, um, man, he is a, he's a class act, and he is a great running back. Um, and I think he might be better off in a role to where he is a bruiser and not uh, an every-down-esque back. Yeah, uh I watched the CBS post game show and it was Bill Cower mentioned him. He would be great in the same role that Jerome Bettis had late in his Agreed. career in Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah. Love everything about it. I would like <laughs> put him in San Francisco. <clears throat> uh, Let CMC yeah. do some heavy lifting and just hand the ball off to Derrick Henry on third down. Uh, I mean, I don't listen. I don't want to see that. But um, Calvin Ridley had a good game. I believe he was on a one-year deal. Let's see where he ends up next year. If I'm if I'm Jacksonville, I'm trying to re-sign him. Yeah. But uh, if I'm Ridley, I'm trying to go somewhere else for some big, big money. I could see him going to a place that has money, like a Green Bay. They could um, they could use a veteran receiver for that room and give. Uh, you know, I had that. That's. I think that'd be a good landing spot for him. Let's go to a game that didn't matter and it kind of sucked anyway. Uh, the New York Jets sent Bill Belichick home with a loss in what could be his final game as a New England Patriot, 17 to three. Trevor Simeon and Bailey Zappi combined to go 20 for 50 for 158 yards. Those were your starting quarterbacks, ladies and gentlemen. 2450. Brees Hall. Was the lone bright spot for either of these teams. 37 What's more impressive? A touchdown. What's more impressive? 178 yards and a touchdown or th- or giving your stud running back 37 carries in a game that doesn't matter. He ran more than both offenses could pass for combined. Like, like it almost like it almost makes you think: Was this a punishment to give him thirty-seven carries? I'm being serious. Or did he was he going for an incentive? I do not know if there was a Breeze Hall incentive. He's on a rookie contract, so I mean, it's it's possible. Bailey Zap, hold on, we got to cover this first because you want to bring up the good. I'm going to talk about the bad, and we'll get yeah. I get your point about Breeze Hall. That's fine. Bailey Zappy. 12 for 30 for 88 yards, two interceptions, 
Seven sacks for 57 yards. The New England Patriots had a net of 31 yards passing. Would you like to comment on that? Nope. No comment. Is there anything else we need to mention on this one other than the fact that it's sad that this could be it for Belichick in New England? <clears throat> um, he's going to be coaching somewhere next year. Uh, but cl- the, the clear issue in New England is they need a quarterback. They need a roster. It ain't a quarterback. They need they need a roster. This, this roster. Is I shit. have I have a hot take. Hit me. Washington gets their quarterback at number three if there are no trades. And do you want to know who that quarterback is? How did we get to Washington? I'm sorry. New England gets that quarterback at number three if there are no trades. Saying everything stands pat. And do you want to know who that quarterback is? Caleb Williams. I was going to go there. With or without Belichick? That doesn't – I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, uh, I feel like that was a little bit of a hot take. Let's fucking go, Jacob. No, it's not a hot take because a quarterback, New England will be selecting a quarterback, whether it's Caleb Williams or Bo Nix, who should be one and two. And Marvin Harrison uh, Jr. should be the number one pick to, sh- to Chicago if Justin Fields is still there. Drake May is going to be the second quarterback off the board if Caleb's the first. Bo Nix is going to win the Heisman. Doesn't matter. Well, we can discuss this on a different show. There, there's a lot of damn good quarterbacks in this draft, that, at least that I would feel comfortable drafting. Uh, there's really nothing else we need to go for here. This was a bad weather game with two bad teams, and it kind of reflected that. Um, let's move along, shall we? Yep. All right, let's go on. Let's go to the New Orleans Saints looking Fantastic. And the big news from this one came on, I believe it was the final play of the game, with a 48-17 victory over the Atlanta Falcons. The stats are eye-popping, but the biggest thing coming out of this one was the touchdown at the end of the game. Dan, walk me through Arthur Smith's anger. Uh, Arthur Smith was mad that they scored a touchdown at the end of the game. Uh, Jameis said in post-game press conference it was a team decision on the field. To give the ball to Jamal Williams to get him <clears throat> in the end zone, um, and if that's the case, good for them. I don't have any issue with that. I don't have an issue with teams running up scores anymore at this point. This is a rivalry game. Um, Arthur Smith, you're a terrible head coach. Go somewhere else. Do something else. Be a coordinator somewhere, or go work for your dad at FedEx with all his money. Uh, I'm gonna let you go over the stats because. Hold on. FedEx? What? Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, Arthur Smith's dad is like the CEO at FedEx. Okay, uh, that's cool. Um, and just yeah, for oh, the record, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Is his Fred Smith, which is Arthur Smith's father, is the founder of FedEx. So go work for him oh. and make your money. Uh, fair enough. Uh, I don't like I, him. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Um. To be fair, I know, you know, you may not have been a defensive lineman in a past life a hundred pounds ago or so, but I was. And what he's complaining about wasn't the fact that the touchdown was scored. It's the fact that you went into the victory formation 
and then ran a play because that's how people get injured. It's how I injured my my I broke both of my thumbs on the same play because the team was in the victory formation and then decided did this exact thing and ran the football and blew all of us off the line. It's an injury risk at that point. If you want to if you want a guy to score a touchdown, fine. Get yourself in the I formation, run it up, that's fine. But don't be in the victory formation when the refs and every official that's ever played on the field will tell you, ease up, this is it, don't hit, and then blast our guys off the football. That's what I would be upset about. I think Arthur Smith has a reasonable gripe here. Um, Desmond Ritter finally had himself a decent game. 22 for 30, 291, two TDs, and an interception. He was not sacked. Logan Woodside came in in garbage time, 3 for 4, 27 yards. He did throw an interception. Derek Carr, 22 for 28, 264, and four touchdowns. This is the Derek Carr New Orleans needs to have night in and night out. Sadly, they didn't do enough to make the playoffs, but they sure made it interesting. And if Derek Carr plays this way, they make the playoffs. Dan, what do you got? Anything you want to add to this one? No, I'm good. This was a meaningless. This ended up being a meaningless, a meaningless game. You don't want to talk about B. John Robinson, seven for one hundred three and a touchdown through the air, and eleven for twenty-eight on the ground. No, I don't, because I drafted Bijan in so many fantasy leagues because this is the production he should have put up all season. But Arthur Smith doesn't know how to use playmakers. Let's talk about a team that does know how to use playmakers, specifically the playmaker. Baker Mayfield is taking his Tampa Bay Buccaneers to the playoffs, and they are going to host. I don't believe you said that on a 9-0 game, and actually they looked like shit last week. They are going to host the Philadelphia Eagles after emaciating and shutting out a vaulted Carolina Panthers team who finishes 2-15. Vaulted, vaulted right. is the term you use to describe the Carolina Panthers? That's right. Baker Mayfield is once again under center for a playoff-bound team. He didn't look good. In fact, nobody looked good in this game. This was a terrible game. Although a division hung in the balance. Baker Mayfield, 20 for 32, 137, no TDs, no interceptions, QBR of 42.5, quarterback rating of 72.0, the almost near definition of average. Bryce Young, 11 for 18, 94 yards, sacked three times for 26 yards, QBR of 39.1, rating 74.8. There's not really much to go over here. Nobody was good. A lot of fumbles, a lot of turnovers, just bad all around. Just bad all around. DJ Chark and Bryce Young both both lost fumbles. Tampa Bay, they uh, they fumbled as well with Trey Palmer, but didn't lose anything. A lot of just ick play from both of these teams. What do you got, Dan? Anything? Nothing? Um, I got, I mean, Chubba Hubbard. 23 for 83. He really took over the starting role from a uh, Miles Sanders who got a nice big paycheck. Where does Adam Thielen go next? I can't picture him re-signing in Carolina. I feel like he's got. I feel like there's going to be a team with the production he put up early on in this season that takes a shot on him as a veteran wide receiver um, to to maybe help tighten up a, a receiving core. No pun intended there. Okay. 
I thought it wasn't a bad pun if you intended it. I, it was pretty funny. I, I, I didn't intend to insinuate the Titans at all. I feel like he's going to want to go to a contender. I could see him signing like maybe a league minimum at maybe uh, Cincinnati if they lose a wide receiver or maybe like a San Francisco if they lose one of their guys. Uh, maybe kind of a, a Julio in Philly um, to play that slot role a little bit more. Um, just throwing some ideas out there, but obviously this is stuff we'll get into in the offseason. Uh, let's move along. Let's talk about the Las Vegas Raiders improving to 8-9 and, and the Denver Broncos falling to 8-9 with a 27-14 victory in Vegas. Aiden O'Connell, Dan, forget Aiden O'Connell. We had a Jimmy Garoppolo sighting under center in Vegas. What do you take a knee? He went 0 for 1 and was sacked once for zero yards. Did AOC go out and concussion or something? I don't know. I didn't watch the game because it didn't really matter to me. Aiden O'Connell, 20 for 31, 244 yards, two TDs, sacked twice. Jared Stedham for Denver, 20 for 34, 272, a TD, and an interception. Dan, has Jared Stedham played well enough to keep no. Denver from drafting a quarterback? Um. Denver's not in the top 11, so I don't think they're going to have the opportunity to draft one of the top quarterbacks, so maybe they take one in, like, the second or third round. But I don't even know if Jarek Stidham did enough to get himself a starting job. Uh, for example, or maybe – job, period. Uh, no, I think he'll have a backup job. <clears throat> um, but uh, maybe you see him battle with, like, a Gardner Minshew uh, next year. I'm going to throw this out there. Feel free to call me an idiot. The Denver Broncos and Chicago Bears traded straight up Justin Fields for Russ. You're an idiot. Who would have won? Who would win that trade, hypothetically speaking? Denver. You think? Yeah. So Denver would have to maybe throw in like a two. No, I think you have to throw in multiple ones. For for. Okay. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, we will get into the Justin Fields discussion, and I will have stats and numbers to back it up in the offseason because I know we're on polar opposites. So I'm going to come with facts and stats. Um, I've already started doing some research, but we're not going to get into it right now. We covered that game, right? We did. Um, okay. I will say this. I do believe Aiden O'Connell has done enough to uh, fight for a starting position on the Las Vegas Raiders next year, depending on who they bring in. Maybe over Jimmy. I mean, Jimmy G's gone, right? He has to be gone. Yeah, he's getting cut. Where does he land? I don't know. Uh, A backup somewhere. Um, We have to talk about Zamir White before we move on. 25 for 112, averaging four and a half a carry. Um, I think he's done enough to solidify the starting role next year, and Josh Jacobs moves on to a different team. Don't ask me what team, because who knows what the running back market. But uh, the Raiders have their running back for at least the next two years, I believe. Well, we've learned if we've learned anything from this season, you can never have too much depth. Very true. Welcome uh, Cook to the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> Let's move along. Let's talk about a team that is going to be needing some depth going into next week, and that's the Philadelphia Eagles. Look like they had the number one seed in the NFC wrapped up. Halfway through the year, they are now the five seed after falling 27-10 to 10 to the New York Giants, who 
somehow have six wins on the year, the Eagles fall to 11-6. and six. Tyrod Taylor, 23 for 32, 297 to TD and interception. Tommy DeVito made it into the football game. He was 2 for 2 for 14 yards. Marcus Mariota, he came in after Jalen Hurts left. Hurts finished 7 for 6. Did you see six. his middle finger? Did you see Jalen Hurts' middle finger? Yeah. Hurts 7 for 16 for 55 yards and an interception. He was sacked twice. Marcus Mariota <laughs> came in 13 for 20, 148, a TD and an interception. Dan, was this game more about the elements or the Giants' defense or maybe the Eagles just being apathetic in general? I don't know because the Eagles were kind of playing for something. And this game was a blowout well well by the end of the second quarter. Um, but I'm worried. If I'm Tampa, I am foaming at the mouth because if there's any chance that A.J. Brown doesn't play and that Jalen Hurts doesn't play, they said his finger just obviously this is what they said. So maybe a little bit of a fool's gold in here. But they said his finger just popped out. And then it popped back in and he's taking a day today. Have you ever you dislocated s- a finger? That's what I was getting ready to say. Um, I think there's a lot of questions about whether or not Hertz is going to play, and I think Philly's going to keep that close to the vest for obvious reasons. But if Mariota's under center, I think Tampa can can steal that game, for lack of a better term. More on that later, because that's a heavy influence on this weekend coming up. Um. Philadelphia just didn't have it today. The stats look like they're in their favor. Kenneth Gainwell and Marcus Mariota combined for, excuse me, over 100 yards. They outrushed Philadelphia. They, they, I mean, Quez Watkins had 93 yards on eight catches and a touchdown. But New York did enough, and they really rode a 24 to nothing lead at halftime into this victory. The one thing I will say about New York, um, Wandell Robinson, I believe he is somebody that is going to – we do a little bit of fantasy talk here and there. I think he's somebody that sneakily through the offseason is going to uh, start moving up draft boards um, because when he's on the field and he's healthy and he finished the season healthy, um, he's somebody that looks to be a little bit of a difference maker. Okay. Let's talk about a game that was actually really good, but it wasn't enough. The Seattle Seahawks 21, the Arizona Cardinals 20, Arizona falls to 4 and 13. You love to see it. Seattle misses the playoffs on a tiebreaker. They are finished the year 9 and 8. Geno Smith 16 for 28, 189 yards, two touchdowns. Dan, Geno Smith is the Seahawks starting quarterback week 1 yes or no? To be determined. That's a cop out. Yes or no? As of right now, I'm going to say yes. Kyler Murray, 22 for 30, 262, and a touchdown. Hands down, he's a starter. Yeah, they don't draft the quarterback. James Conner, 27 for 150, and a touchdown for Arizona. Kenneth Walker, 17 for 68 on the ground. You got anything? I mean, we can mention Michael Wilson, 6 for 95. You got anything else you want to bring to this one? This no. was a really good game going right up to the end as this one came down to the wire 
In uh, fact, no, nothing to really, nothing really to write home about. This was a pointless game, like you said. It was a, it was a good game, but it was also a pointless game. No, um, Seattle with a win and a Green Bay loss would have made the playoffs. Yeah. Well, so, I wasn't uh, expecting Green Bay to lose, so I guess that's why right. it was pointless to me. Uh, Tyler Lockett and Geno won this game for Seattle. A 34-yard pass with 154 left, and then the two hooked up again on the two-point conversion. That's a pretty ballsy call if you're Pete Carroll. Playoffs potentially on the line, and you go for two. Playoff Pete. Hey, good thing he converted, I guess. But Seahawks do not make the playoffs there. Wow, what what a week. Let's go to another one-point game. This one is the Kansas City Chiefs. 13, and improved to 11-6, and six, the Los Angeles Chargers. Ball to 5-12 and 12 with 12 points. This was a field goal fest on a game that was not that great. Blaine Gabbert, 15 for 30, 154 and an interception. Easton Stick, 28 for 47, 258, and was sacked three times. you got to believe if this is Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert, maybe the score is a little bit different. Uh, I mean, I would assume so. Easton Stick, also your leading rusher. By a lot. 60 more yards than the next leading rusher for the Chargers. He had 13 carries for 77 yards. Yeah, I mean, listen, I don't have anything to talk about in this game. Because this game was a non-factor. We knew the Chiefs I mean, weren't we going to improve about, anywhere, but... We can talk about where does Austin Eckler end up, but I feel like we should save that for a different show. Uh, that's an off-season guess, but, I mean, it's whatever. Uh, one thing that is, I guess, funny to mention, Joe Coy is actually hosting one of the award shows. I think it's the Golden Globes, maybe. And he mentioned the only difference between this show and the NFL is we have less shots of Taylor Swift. And the camera panned to Taylor Swift, who took a nice little sip of her champagne. So there's that. Because it wouldn't be an NFL show or coverage of an NFL show if we didn't mention T-Swift and or Travis Kelsey. Uh, let's, go, let's go to another one-point game. The lion cheating bastards that they are, the Los Angeles Rams, improved to 10-7 with a 21-20 victory over the 12-5 San Francisco 49ers. Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz plays for the Rams? Yeah. Well, he continued the trend of backup quarterbacks, 17 for 24, 163 yards, two TDs, and an interception. Sam Darnold, 16 for 26, 189 yards, and a touchdown. Five years ago, this would have been a premier quarterback matchup of young quarterbacks leading their teams. My, how the mighty have fallen. Uh, Carson Wentz was also your leading rusher for Los Angeles, 17 for 56 and a touchdown on the ground. Elijah Mitchell, 17 for 52 and a score. You did not see CMC. You did not see Purdy. You Debo Samuel had one target for one catch for 11. I'm sorry, one rush for 11 yards and two catches for 21 yards on two targets. Elijah Mitchell, two for 15 on two targets. Ayuk had four targets, three catches, 65 yards. So this really wasn't a game that the Niners would regularly play. Puka Nakua, four catches, 41 yards, and a touchdown as he set all kinds of NFL records. We don't have time to list them all for rookie receivers. Dan, you got anything you want to add to this one? Um, no. 
Okay. I um, mean, there's there's nothing to talk about. It's another kind of a pointless game in a sense. Um, both these teams had the playoffs locked up. Uh, both these teams had their seeds locked up. So it's one of those things, like, there's not really much to talk about. I mean, you mentioned Puka getting the getting the record for receptions as well. So that was what he was playing for today. I'm surprised to see that Ayuk played, to be completely honest. Same with Debo. Obviously, yeah. they didn't play much, but I'm surprised maybe you didn't just, those guys. Maybe uh, they just didn't – they had to play out of sheer necessity because you can only sit so many starters, healthy starters, you know. Uh, let's – Let's go to a game that shocked absolutely nobody, despite the fact I picked Washington. The Dallas Cowboys, 38. The Washington Commanders, 10. This one happened at – are they still playing at RFK? They're still playing at no, RFK. they haven't right? played at RFK in Where are they playing years. at? FedEx Field, whatever it's called. The, the, command, the, the, the place where shit will literally years. rain down on top of you. The Washington Commanders fall to 4-13. and 13, The Dallas Cowboys – Improved to 12 and 5 are the second seed and win the NFC East. Dak Prescott, who should be your most valuable player, at least he's the best quarterback in football. 13, or, wow, 13, 31 for 36, 279 yards, four touchdowns, and an interception. Cooper Rush got in the game, three for four for 30 yards. Um, was that a hot take I just gave? I'm not taking the bait. Statistically, he is. He's throwing the most touchdowns. Doesn't have the best win record. So? You're going to tell me Brock Purdy's the, a better quarterback than Dak Prescott? Yes, I will tell you that. You're, well, yeah, I would be a good quarterback in that San Francisco offense. Ed, when you're four foot nine, you won't be able to see over the line. I am five foot six and three quarters, jackass. Sam Howell, 19 for 27. 153 yards, a TD, two interceptions. Is he the starting quarterback for the Commanders week one, yes or no? If no trades take place in the draft, Drake May will be the starting quarterback of the Washington Commanders next season. Uh, okay. Uh, there's nothing really we need to mention here. The Cowboys are who they who we thought they were. CD, 13 for 98 and two touchdowns. He, he He's him. Can we say that? I, I feel like we we can say that. Yeah, I mean, CD's good. Yeah, yeah, he's good. Uh, let's go to our final game. This one just ended. We talked about it at the beginning of the show. We talked about how it ended. The Buffalo Bills are your AFC Eastern Division champions with a 21-14 victory over the Miami Dolphins in Miami. You will see this game next week as the Bills will this time host the Miami Dolphins. No. Yes. No, the Bills host the Steelers. Oh, I think if Miami would have won, that would have been... Correct. If Miami would have won, we would have solved this game again next week. Yeah, you're correct. My fault. My fault on that one. Uh, But either way, the Bills are now the two seed. The Dolphins fall to the six. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yes? Correct, yes. Uh, Josh Allen, 20 
or 30 for 38, 359, two TDs, two interceptions. Those interceptions were bad interceptions. They came on the first two drives of the game, and then Josh Allen decided to play Josh Allen football. 15 for 67 on the ground, so he had over 400 total yards. Tua looked off. Can, is that fair? Tua looked off. Like, Awful. Tua looked like he just got done playing the best defense in the league the week before and was still hearing ghosts. That's how scared he looked. Miami did look shook, didn't they? Like between the between the drops, I mean, we had Tyreek Hill drop a pass where he was wide open and had running room if he catches that football. Now, granted, Tyree he was Kill. also interfered with too, but still. Tyreek uh, Hill is also not 100% healthy. He was seen in a walking boot while his house was on fire. Is, do you think it's kind of hard to focus on a football game knowing that half your house burnt down? I mean, I don't think it's the easiest thing to focus on. Um, the the big question here is, this Miami team goes to Kansas City. Do they get Jalen Waddle back? Do they get Raheem Moster back? They're coming off a short week. Um, they're, they're playing on Saturday. So these guys have a day less to rest. Um, I and... think the bigger question is, how is this defense going to function without Bradley Chubb? That too. Um, to be honest, you, you take out the Josh Allen carries because they are 15. They're almost 15 scrambles, if we're being completely honest. Um, none of those were designed quarterback runs, at least not from what I saw. A, a, a few late in the game to get the first down on a and one situation. Yeah, they, those were designed. But, but um, they handled the, the ground game pretty good, but they looked pretty weak underneath. Um, looking at these stats, you're going you're gonna to think Khalil Shakir had the bigger game, but the bigger the, the biggest thing coming out of this from the Buffalo receiving side is uh Stefan Diggs got involved again and he's involved in a he was involved in a big way. Um he was very vocal in the huddles, he was very vocal on the sidelines. Um and that could be the scary Buffalo team going down the stretch, being completely honest. Um I uh I'm not quite sure how other teams are gonna look at this, but I think they roll through the wild card round, unfortunately. Um, well, well, now that you brought it up, I believe, and I can't remember the exact stat, but Stephon Diggs was a top, I believe it was, he was a number four, number seven receiver through the first eight weeks of the season in fantasy points. In the last half of the season, basically, he was the 54th ranked receiver. Yeah, yeah. So that um, that should tell you just how bad things have gotten for for, for Stephon Diggs. Yeah, uh, it'll be very interesting to see because Miami has a nice one-two punch, and so does I'm gonna say so does Pittsburgh with um, with Najee and Jalen and Jalen uh, in the backfield. They ran the ball pretty well tonight. Uh, Miami did on Buffalo, so let's see how that works out. A uh, very good week of playoff matches coming up, and I don't think there's one bad match that I can really think of looking at looking at the the way this kind of fell apart. I know we're gonna get ready to talk about them here. But um, I don't have much else to add from this one. I'm sure you do, so I'm gonna sit back and let you. No, I I really don't. I mean, this was this was a great game, and it the NFL has done a lot better this year than what they have in previous years, and having primetime games not suck. Because I don't know if you remember last year. Holy hell! Every primetime game, it seemed was either a blowout or just two teams that were terrible. Even Al Michaels, I thought, was going to get fired from Amazon for some of the stuff he was saying. 
Well, I'm going to kind of refresh your memory here. Um, they they did good kind of moving forward. But week 15, we had the Chargers in Vegas. That was a blowout. That was not a good game. Uh, week 10, Carolina-Chicago. Week 9, Tennessee-Pittsburgh. These are Thursday night games, and I'm not even looking at the Monday night games. So week five was Chicago-Washington. I mean, I, 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 I won't say that everything was terrible. I think we got lucky with the way kind of some of it played out down the stretch. But um, also you got to remember this game wasn't originally scheduled at this time either. So they got to kind of, they kind of kind of save their asses on this one. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I'm going to do some quick math here, Dan, because we're going to update everybody on how we did this season. And, All right, while you, you had... are doing your quick math, I will run through the games. I'm not going over our picks yet, but I'm just going to kind of lay out how the playoffs will be taking place next week. Sure. Thursday, uh, for a wild for super wild card weekend. Saturday at 4:30, Cleveland will travel to Houston. Saturday at 8 p.m. This game is exclusively on Peacock. You will not be able to see this game on NBC. Miami travels to Kansas City. Sunday at 1, Pittsburgh travels to Buffalo on CBS. Sunday at 4.30, Green Bay travels to Dallas on Fox. Sunday at 8, the Rams travel to Detroit. That game will be back on NBC, same as the Cleveland-Houston. And on Monday on your ABC, ESPN, and ESPN+, Plus. Philly will travel to the 11 and 6 Philadelphia Eagles. Will travel to the 9 and 8 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, that is where we sit this week. I went 14 and 3. My three losses were Denver, which I actually hedged that. If we were to, if we would do the show on Saturday mornings, which we don't, and that'll say if Kenny's and if something and something where Kenny's and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. If it's for candies and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas, Jack. I actually did flip my pick on this, and I bet on Vegas to win that game. Uh, but Denver was one of my losses. Philly was the other, and San Francisco was the last. Um, once again, I would have flipped that, too, once I realized I, that was a mistake on my part. Anyway, um, Ed, do you want to go over your losses and what your record was this week? Tampa Bay was my confidence pick. No, because the math ain't math in here, buddy. All right, well, the math ain't math. Okay, so, yeah, my losses were to Washington, Denver, Jacksonville, Indianapolis, Miami, Philadelphia, New Orleans, New England, and Cleveland. I once again lost my confidence pick in Jacksonville. I did get Green Bay, Seattle, Detroit, Pittsburgh, the Rams, Kansas City, and Tampa Bay, correct. Overall, without the confidence picks, I finished 149 and 122. Not bad. Dan, 140. I'm sorry, 163 plus 13, because you've 14. got the extra point. Oh, 13, 13, 13, you're right. you got the confidence pick. <coughs> your. So 173 and 95? 176, you non-mathing motherfucker. And 95. So in the 271-ish games, yes, that is correct. I'm sorry, let me do that. 149 plus... 122 equals two in the 271 games correct i got 149 right which means i hit it right at 55 percent just a hair under 55 percent dan 
With 176 wins in 271 games, you hit at right at 65%. 10% better than what I did this year, and the same, right around the same clip I got last year, although we did not pick every game last season. Shall we make our picks for this week before we go to my favorite part of the show? Yeah, we definitely gotta we definitely gotta make some picks and we gotta talk about these uh, these games here. All right, the first game is Saturday and it's gonna tick me off because my son's birthday party is Saturday. So yeah, I'm gonna get yelled at for a number of reasons. I've had the Houston or, I'm sorry, you have the Houston Texans over <coughs> the visiting Cleveland Browns. You believe that strongly in CJ Stroud. I believe C.J. Stroud will be the difference maker. Uh, this Cleveland team almost lost to this Houston team without C.J. Stroud. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that Cleveland defense with a week of rest is going to be able to stay on side against this Houston defense? Because the Browns, they uh, they jumped offside like six times this week, this today. That's going to be. I think that's going to be bigger than C.J. Stroud's play. Because we know what we're going to get from C.J. Stroud. We don't know what we're – it's it's the little things like that in the playoffs. There's Trying a lot of questions, too, because Houston was without their number one and number two receivers this week, too, this on Saturday. Um, like I said earlier, man, this is not a bad string of games at all. This is a really good wild card weekend. It's almost like the scriptwriters knew what they were doing. The other Saturday game is Miami and Kansas City in Arrowhead. Projected weather, 20 degrees. Not something you want to have if your team is a bunch of track stars like the Dolphins. The Dolphins are reeling. Kansas City is at home. Mahomes and Kelsey are should be healthy. Dan, why do you have Miami here? It's a gut feeling. Do you think Mike McDaniels is going to outcoach Andy Reid at home? I don't buy into this Kansas City offense with Patrick Mahomes having no receivers. I, I don't know, man. I think if you shut down, I think if you shut down Travis Kelsey, you may be shutting down that whole offense. Um, but d- does <coughs> listen, have the defense listen, to do that without listen, Bradley Chubb? I don't. I don't feel. I, I don't feel confident in it. Maybe it's more so it's what I want and not what I think. I think if we were to do this show in two days, I may pick Kansas City, but I don't have that luxury because we're doing this show now. So I'm going to say Miami gets right and the sixth seed moves on. Going into Sunday. Oh, this just in. The Atlanta Falcons have fired Arthur Smith. Dan, you get your wish. Thank you, ESPN, on that one. Going into Sunday, the Pittsburgh Steelers are headed to Buffalo, where it's supposed to be. Right around zero degrees with snow on the ground. Dan, we both have Buffalo. You sure about this one? And I need you to change boxes because for me it's showing you picked Pittsburgh. So I just need some thank you, sir. It uh, just has it struck to... out. I need to because I had I had Pittsburgh struck out, which means because I made the pick long before that game was over. Anybody that was playing Pittsburgh, I was picking against Pittsburgh. Um fair enough. Um Let's yeah, I, no. We, yeah, we, we, we can move along. Yeah, that, I think. But hold on, hold on, hold on. The one thing, the one thing I will say, and this isn't a cop out, is um, 
if Buffalo plays the way they do, they, the, if Josh Allen plays the way he did today, um, Pittsburgh will steal this game. He has to play smarter and better. If Josh Allen plays the way he did in the first quarter, Pittsburgh will win this football game. If they get Josh Allen from quarters two through four, Buffalo wins this game by 30. Uh, let's, Dallas is going to host the Green Bay Packers after all the smack you just talked on Dak Prescott. You're going to go ahead and pick Dallas over Green Bay. So when we originally made these picks when the schedule came out, we both had Dallas in there. I clicked back on our uh, back on our document, and I was going to change to Green Bay, and I saw you already did that. I do think Green Bay wins this game, but I will pick Dallas because I want to give you an opportunity to try to catch me when I'm ahead by 32. I can't catch you. I did the math. We would have to get every game different, and I would have to win every one. All right. Well, in that case, pretty much, pretty much to catch you. Uh, <coughs> the Rams going to Detroit. I can't in good conscience. You did hear me, right? I said in, yeah, in that case. Yeah, I, I heard you. Yeah. Uh, the Rams are going to Detroit. I can't and still have a heart pick the Rams. So I picked Detroit. Ed. You picked Detroit. Ed. <laughs> so. Ed. There's that. What? I want to take the Rams so bad. Then take the Rams, you pussy. I can't. I can't. I am a Detroit stan. I am, I am a stan for this team. My heart will not allow me to take the Rams. So on Sunday, on the three Sunday games, you and I have all three Sunday games the same. Every other game that's played, that's not played on Sunday, you and I have different. The Monday night game will be Philadelphia at Tampa Bay. Why do you have the Eagles? I'm assuming Jalen Hurts is playing. I'm assuming he's not. If he's not playing, I think, I think Tampa wins by double digits. And I, I said this two years ago, and I'm going to say this until the day he retires because I am a Baker Mayfield fan. Stan. No, you're a Stan. You're a Baker nope, Mayfield Stan. No, nope. I am a fan, not a Stan. You stand for him. No, I don't stand for anything. If, if we look up the definition. I stand for the American flag because I'm a patriot, goddammit, but I do not stand for any man except myself and my God. I am a Baker Mayfield fan. Whatever. So I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over Marcus Mariota and the Philadelphia Eagles. So just to recap, three games different, Cleveland, Houston, Kansas City, Miami, and Tampa, Philly. Those are the ones you can look for this week. Dan, you ready to go to my favorite part of the week? Uh, Just to be clear, though, just because I want to give you the benefit of the doubt, if Jalen's playing, you're going to – if you knew Jalen was playing right now, you would be taking Philadelphia, correct? No. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, let's move on. All right. Let's move on to my favorite time of the week, and that is stats that – I never came up with a name for this segment. 18 we've weeks we've been doing this, season. and I, I haven't come up with a name for it. Oh, well. Anyway, Dan, did you know that the Packers are the first team since the Broncos in 2019? To go an entire season without a giveaway in the first quarter. That's impressive, especially having a, what I'm going to consider a rookie quarterback. Dan, did you know that Roberto Clemente, who we just recently had the anniversary of his death on New Year's Eve, 
uh, is the only player in Major League Baseball history to hit a walk-off inside the park Grand Slam home run. I didn't know that because we discussed that during baseball season. Dan, did you know <coughs> stay with baseball since 1930, only three players have collected at least 240 hits in a season. This list includes a Hall of Famer, a future Hall of Famer, and Anaheim Angel Great Darren Erstad. Nope. The other the other two guys are Ichiro Suzuki and Wade Boggs. Erstad had 240 hits. I'm going to blow this up in 2000, along with 25 home runs, 100 RBIs, 28 stolen bases, and a 355 batting average. Uh, Ichiro eclipsed the 240 hit mark twice in 2004 with 262 hits and in 2001 with 242 hits. And Wade Boggs had 240 hits in 1985 with the Red Sox. Interesting. All four in the American League. Dan, staying in baseball with the retirement of Miguel Cabrera. Baseball is about to enter a historically rare stretch. We're going into 2024. The active leader in hits, home runs, and wins are... Joey Votto with 2135, who may or may not have a team next year. Giancarlo Stanton with 402 home runs. And Justin Verlander with 257 wins. This means for the entirety of the 2024 season, there will be no members of the 3,000 hit, 500 home run, or 300 win clubs appearing on an MLB roster. I think the most impressive stat there is Giancarlo Stanton with 402 home runs, to be completely honest. Is it? It's one of those where, if you think about it, it's kind of impressive because it seems like he's still a young guy. Well, and also, it, like, also taking into consideration his injury history, too. Yeah, like but he can, like, it, well, I guess it's like two, two ends of the different spectrum because that's the way you see it, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, with, with, with the injury thing, but I, like, you tell me Giancarlo Stanton, I'm still thinking he's like a 28, 29-year-old guy that plays – in the outfield, you know? Yep. And, and you look at him, he's like 35. Yeah. It is what it is. Dan, did you know, and I'm pretty sure that you did, the Harry Potter series of seven books took place between 1991 and 1998. You knew that, right? Correct. Do you find it odd that no single person ever mentioned the run that the Chicago Bulls had during that stretch? No, because it have, Harry Potter's based in England. But still, I mean, we know of English players that that are ex- – we, we know of David Beckham. Yeah. Wayne Rooney. I, like I mean, you, we, I we feel know like, good English players. I feel like that would be more of a – isn't it weird that they never mentioned the uh, insert soccer stat here? Yeah, that is kind of funny. They, you nev- they never talked about the Muggle world at all. Like, there were some pretty big events that happened during that time. Yeah, that's correct. And just there's kind of muggles. Hmm. Plot hole, maybe? J.K. Rowling should address that, or does she have, kind of have enough to address in her life? Yep, that's safe to say. Oh, okay. <laughs> so says the tattoo you have on the inside of your finger. Uh, Dan, we just came up on the anniversary of this one. Did you know that Tony Dorsett became the first player in NFL history to score a 99-yard touchdown run? But the interesting thing about this one... Did you know he wasn't even supposed to get the ball? The play call was supposed to go to fullback Ron Springs, who misunderstood the play call and ran off the field after the huddle broke. The Cowboys actually snapped the ball with 10 men, 
And Tony Dorsett burst up the middle and nobody would touch him. Uh, however, they would lose the football game as Ricky Young and Tommy Kramer of the Vikings hooked up for a late 14-yard touchdown pass to win the game for Minnesota, 31-27. Both these teams, interestingly enough, in a strike-shortened year, got knocked out by the Washington Redskins, as they were called at the time, who beat the Dolphins in Super Bowl 17. Dan, did you know that the AFC North, it's the first time in NFL history since... Division alignment, which takes out that qualifier you brought up to me earlier, that every team in a division has finished with a winning record. Not a 500 record, but a winning record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dan tried to come at me with a stat from like 1935. It was ridiculous. This one is the one you found, and I'm going to let you do it. Dan, tell me about Peacock. Peacock is a, so basically Comcast, Xfinity, NBC, Universal is paying in the range of $110 million to exclusively carry a playoff game. The playoff game they are getting is Miami and the Chiefs. Uh, and for what it's worth, nobody is happy this game is exclusively on Peacock. So, yeah. to be said, they are getting those money's worth, I, I will say, um, to stream that. I feel like there's going to be a lot of bars that are busy Saturday night for games. Because there is always an option on cable to watch these games. For example, Thursday Night on Prime, if you're a business, there's a channel for that. Um, but, yeah, very interesting that I'm going to have to stream this game. And also, that takes out a lot of the live betting factor. Um, I have a feeling that live bets will be down on that game because of how far behind streaming services are. They may not even be offered in certain situations. Um, last thing before we say goodbye to this one, we mentioned it kind of earlier. Let's talk about this draft order. Now, Chicago had locked up the number one overall draft pick. Was it last week or two weeks ago? Last week. Righto. Washington, New England, and Arizona all finished four and 13. However, Washington is the biggest loser. Well, strength of, based off strength, of, uh, based off strength of schedule and head to head, I believe. Right. Uh, so they are two, three, and four with Washington, New England, and Arizona. The Chargers, the only five and twelve team, they are the fifth pick. Two teams finished with six and eleven: the Giants and Tennessee. Giants were worst. I'm not sure how that tiebreaker played out. Maybe head to head. Not 100 percent sure. Strength of schedule. Uh, so the Giants are the six. Tennessee is seven. Atlanta, Chicago, the Jets, and Minnesota. All finished 7-10. and 10. Atlanta, Chicago, the Jets, and Minnesota in that order, 8 through 11. Dan, out of those, Minnesota is probably the best team out of that bunch. Yes? Well, the Chicago? Jets with Aaron Rodgers? Is, 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 I mean, he's going to be healthy, right? You have to assume he's going to be healthy. He's going to come back, right? Yeah, he's already stated that. So the two, 10 and 11 are the two best teams in that group. The day after the draft, will they still be the two best teams of that group? 
Uh, yes. I don't believe one rookie player will make that big of a difference. What about two um, top 10 players in Chicago? I still think they're a little bit further away. So if Chicago, let's say they stay with Justin Fields and they get Marvin Harrison Jr. and they get a left tackle to protect that blind side of Justin Fields or a right tackle or whatever, whatever they need, you don't think that's enough to catch Minnesota? To catch the Jets? Actually, I think that would be enough to catch Minnesota. Would it be enough? I for, don't think that's enough to catch the Jets. Would it be enough to catch Green Bay? Would it be enough to catch Detroit? No, no, that, no that that depends on other offseason moves. Um, but Ed, I'm I'm going to tell you right now where I think your boy Bo Nix is going to go. Hit me. I think he's going in that 11 spot to the Vikings if no trades happen. What about Kirk Cousins? He's going to sit a year behind Kurt, and he's going to learn. If you're Kirk Cousins, do you allow that to happen? I mean, you have two stud wide receivers already. I mean, I don't – I mean, saying if you're Kirk Cousins, do you allow that to happen? Do you really think Kirk Cousins is going to have a say in it when Aaron when Aaron Rodgers didn't have a say in them drafting just uh, Jordan Love? Okay. Fair point. Okay, anything else you want to add to this one? No, I actually can't wait for us to do a draft preview show because I'm going to make you do some research. <laughs> if I don't do research for our weekly show, what makes you think I'm going to do it for the draft? Oh, you're a kidder. You're, well, you're, a def- kidder. you're definitely going to do research when I tell you there's a kid named Kool-Aid that's going to be getting drafted this year. He's a first-round projected draft pick. I'm more excited about the hearing announcers pronounce another name for a kid in college. We're not getting and that is that. my and that is my guy that just visited West Virginia. I'm not gonna say his name. I am too Caucasian to get away with it. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that's gonna be the end for this show. We have teased this forever. We finally have the research completely done, and we are gonna record this show either today, tomorrow, or t- Wednesday. And that is going to be our NHL at the half show. We are going to talk about a bunch of stuff. We're going to talk about the world juniors, some notable stuff, league leaders, stats and recap. We're going to play a game of yes or no. We're going to tell you who's the best, who's the worst. We're going to give our at the half awards predictions. So, so much more. You're going to hear our opinions on who's going to get traded, who the 32 All-Stars are and who got snubbed and just so much other stuff. Stay tuned for that. You will be getting that this week, I promise. Other than that, we also are going to get you a free agency recap in Major League Baseball as we are a month away from pitchers and catchers reporting to the day for some teams. So we're going to get you that coming up soon. We may even talk a little bit about NASCAR and get you a show, a hodgepodge show, where it's other sports we don't talk about. NASCAR, some PGA, maybe some NBA. Maybe we'll talk about the Women's Hockey League. Maybe we'll just talk about whatever we want to talk about. Who knows? Oh, WrestleMania is coming up, too. That's something we're going to cover. You're going to get all of that and so much more. Stay tuned to our Facebook page and our Twitter account, where you will get Dan's weekly power rankings by some kind of semi-weekly 
bottom feeder rankings that Dan takes care of. You're going to get our updated playoff bracket graphics. You're going to get some more writing from me eventually. And you're going to get a few other things that we have in the works. Danny, boy, do you have anything else you want to add? Nah, I'm good. Uh, well, just remember, if you're in San Antonio, do not go to Cleveland for Skyline Chili. That's the wrong city in Ohio. But, ladies and gentlemen, as always, we would like to thank you all for listening. And just remember, if your team is not doing so hot, it can always be the players to be named later who can make it better. See ya!